Welcome to Matcha Moments for the Creative Mind here on the Level In Podcast, a sacred space to recommit back to the personal power that's within with ease and efficiency. I am your hostess with the mostest, Lotus Aloba, also known as your favorite mystic practitioner. As you know, this month we are discussing the book Sacred Woman by Queen of Four. Last week, we talked in depth on what being a sacred woman looks like and feels like and what benefits you can receive from becoming one. This week, we speak on ancestors, who they are, why they should be a part of your life, and how we can honor them. First up, matcha, because matcha is life. Today, I'll be sharing some of the beautiful history that matcha comes from, specifically an ancestor who was key in birthing this wonderful tradition in tea. This is cited from Matraful's website, and the link will be in the show notes. Asai, a Japanese Buddhist monk, spent the better part of his life studying Buddhism in China. In 1191, Asai returned permanently to Japan, bringing with him tea seeds and the Zen Buddhist methods of preparing powdered green tea, aka matcha. (laughs) The seeds that Asai brought back with him from China were largely considered to create the highest quality tea leaves in all of Japan. Asai planted these seeds on the temple grounds in Kyoto, the home of the Kamakura Shogun, a group who created lasting government agriculture and religion up until the 13th century. During the period of the Kamakura Shogun, matcha was only produced in extremely limited quantities and was thus regarded as a luxurious status symbol. Soon after Asai's return to Japan, Zen Buddhists developed a new method for cultivating the green plant. Tencha, the tea leaves used to make matcha, was developed by growing the green tea plant under shaded conditions. This method is largely credited for maximizing the health benefits of matcha. I think this piece of history is beautiful because this one person created something that would not only outlive his own lifetime, but provide nourishment to generations to come. And it's a beautiful segue into today's topic, ancestors. Throughout the entire book of Sacred Woman, Queen of Four highlights the importance of ancestral honor and connection in becoming a sacred woman. That is a requirement if you want to embody the love and the power that this universe provides. Understanding who my ancestors are has changed the game for me completely. They remind me that I'm not alone that I come from a long line of beings who were in service to their communities and who had their own problems to make peace with too. All right, what is an ancestor? An ancestor can be anyone who has passed on from this life. It can also be someone who resonates deeply with you. An example would be for me, uh, Maya Angelou, though we're not related by blood. She is like a grandmother to me and I call her all the time. Audre Lord, even Chadwick Boseman, or Miss Brianna Taylor. Especially for those of us who may not who may have been adopted or just can't trace our lineage far enough, a huge and unfortunate truth for many of us Black Americans. I can only trace back my mother lineage to my great-great-grandparents, thanks to slavery and the colonization and destruction of indigenous tribes who were here on Turtle Island before the name switched to the United States. Very government, very, ugh, we don't like that. But I say that because a lot of times when I am connecting with my clients, they may say like they don't know their ancestors or they were adopted. I think you can also call on to people who resonate with you and have passed on from this life. So maybe your favorite writer or your favorite um, musician, someone that stirs your soul. 
I personally believe that they too can be your ancestors and you can find guidance and insight from them as well. So please understand that you can find your ancestor from anywhere, okay? Energy is energy after this physical plane. Why do we need to connect with them? Ancestors, they connect us back to our collective power. They provide protection and reveal to us what we need to heal and what powers we have that lie within us. And they can reveal our purpose in this life as well. A quick story on me understanding my purpose in life was by researching my maternal lineage. Um, I found that if I went back far enough, I wasn't able to go back to Amy, who was my great-great-grandmother. I have no idea. I'm pretty sure that's not even her name because sis was indigenous. So we're going to get into that. But when I go to my great-grandmother, Sadie, she was a giver to her community. She was the grandmother to everyone, okay? Everyone knew Miss Sadie. Everyone loved her and appreciated her and just really enjoyed the fact that she was for her people. You know, it was a community you can come to. It was a safe haven for anyone, no matter what you were going through. That's what she represented. And then you look at my grandmother, Ida, who moved from down south up here and again, became a safe haven. When my family started to migrate, they came to her first. She helped set them up in New York City and get them acquainted, get them jobs. And she also was a social worker and helped a lot of Black families who were dealing with a lot of poverty get the resources they needed from the government so that they could survive. And then you look at my mama, Sharon, and she's a social worker too. She is all. She's helped over hundreds of families come to terms with um, whatever challenges their child may have been facing when it comes to their mental well-being, as well as getting them the resources that they needed to do more in their life, right? So on a service level, my grand, my mother, my grandmother, my great-grandmother, they all show me that we're here to be of service to our communities, specifically the Black community, and to be a resource for them, right? What I also learned, too, and this might be a very sensitive topic. If it is, you can maybe skip over like two minutes of this. Um, so quick trigger warning. Uh, when I look at their personal relationship with themselves, I saw that my great-grandmother Sadie unfortunately committed suicide because she lacked self-love, right? She had given of herself to so many people over her entire lifespan. And when everybody had grown up and started their own families and had left the nest, she felt lonely. She felt as if no one cared and that she had no purpose left in life and unfortunately chose to end her life. Um, that for me was a, a red flag of like, wow, how important is it for me to really take care and nourish myself for me first and foremost? And then you look at my grandmother, Sadie, same thing. She ended up having a stroke on the job because she was helping a family and was so frustrated with the system and how they were not trying to provide a service for this family that it caused her to have a stroke, right? Again, another lack of self-love because she wasn't taking care of herself. She was so focused on the families that she was um, servicing that she forgot that her own body, her own temple needed nourishment as well. 
and then you go to my mom and her doing what she does, she's broken that cycle a bit more. You know, she does love and care for herself, not to the extent that I would be happy with, but I see her caring more. I see her wanting to take better care of her body, better care of her mind, you know, um, being open to holistic ways of healing and things like that. And then I look at myself, and this is why I'm so driven by the understanding of self-love and how important it is, not only to myself, but to Black women all over the world. Because without it, us being in service will kill us. It will it will harm us. It will um, rob us of everything that we've worked so hard to have. And it's one of the most crucial things in the work that I do and making sure that I love myself properly and that I am an example to my nieces and to my children who are, who are on their way <laughs> um, to be there. And they can look at me and say, wow, you know, you know, Auntie Lo or my mom really takes good care of herself. I want to embody that as well. Um, and again, I say this message a lot throughout my podcast, but be, coming from a single mother, from a single Black mother, um, for my moms out there who really struggle with putting themselves first and taking care of themselves, as a daughter speaking to you, I witnessed so much in my mom's heartache, you know, and I, I had to firsthand see her not take care of herself. So that guilt that you may be feeling about not taking care of yourself because you want to give to your children and you have to provide for them. And if you don't, then you feel bad. I, I would have much rather my mom take care of herself as opposed to me see her almost run herself ragged until I was old enough to be like, hey, mom, I need you to take care of yourself because that's how you can help me, right? Um, those things are important. I feel like, you know, understanding your your family's history and your ancestors, it gives you that clarity of like, oh, wow, this is what my purpose here in life is, or this is why I'm so passionate about this thing, or this is why this thing troubles me so much. There's so much clarity when you look back in the path with, and when you look back into the past with intention. Okay. Now, how can we be of service to them? Working with your ancestors is not a one-way street. Okay. It is just as important to send them love and healing because our ancestors, they were human at one point too. And they went through things that they may not have been able to heal. And as much as we ask for their prayer and guidance in our physical world, we can send that back to them as well. We can send healing vibes and healing energies and intentions to our ancestors, especially if we know that, you know, they've gone through something. Like, for instance, my great-grandmother, Sadie, I've learned to send her um, love and forgiveness because she went through so much, you know, and it caused her to end her life tragically. That's something that I can do um, as her, her, her lineage to be like, hey, let me send you this love. Let me send you this intention. They may also require forgiveness. Give them that. Again, I go back to my great-grandmother and I, who I've never physically met, but we had a lot of healing to do between us because I was very pissed off by the stories I would hear about her and her blatant disrespect for my grandmother's wishes, right? Family drama that caused decades of pain. Remember, you can be the one to end all that suffering and redirect the course of your family's energy, okay? I am living proof of that. When I sat down, I started doing this ancestral work and I started to want, not hold grudges against my grandmother and my great grandmother for what they did because at the end of the day, they were just figuring out how to survive. When you give the con, and I always want to say this too, I have people in my life who are so 
hard on their parents. They are so hard on their grandparents and their great-grandparents. Why would they do that? That doesn't make any sense. I would never do that. Yes, you would never do that because you are you are a product of them. You can look back and be like, that doesn't really make the best sense. But what you don't take into account for is like the conditions they were growing up living in, right? You know, my, my grandmother grew up during the civil rights. You know, she was a young black girl in the South um, dealing with racism. My great grandmother, the same thing. Like there were reasons why they did what they did, though. I don't agree with what they did. And I don't necessarily like the impact that it made, you know, on my mother, um, on my grandmother, um, on myself, I had to extend forgiveness. Who am I to judge them in that sense? You know, who am I to say that they were such horrible human beings? when I was not living in that time, right? And again, I didn't get to even physically meet them to hear their side of the stories. I have no idea what they really were enduring. The only thing that I can do is to send them love and to send them forgiveness and hope that that energy reaches them and that they can forgive themselves. That as they are ancestors, they're looking back at their life and they're like, wow, there are so many things that I could have done better. And I hope that they don't hold that guilt in their heart because I don't want that for my family. I don't want that for my ancestors or for those who come after me. I want them to know that they are held with love and that they can be forgiven and that they can change the course of their life whenever they choose to, okay? Um, some of the most popular ways to honor your ancestors and to be a service to them is again, by sending prayers, creating altars and offering offerings, okay? I want to stress that connecting your connecting to your ancestors and family history in no way, shape, or form infringes on religious beliefs. If you feel called to connect back with them, then do so, knowing that calling is rooted in love. And if the intention is rooted in divine love, how can it produce evil or negativity? Okay? I want you to sit with that for a moment. Okay? For my Christian wolves out there, my religious wolves out there, sit with it for that moment. Connecting back to your history does not make you a bad person. It does not mean that you no longer believe in who you believe in. It just means that there's another opportunity for you to grow and expand, okay? As always, sit with yourself and really sit with love in your heart and see if it feels good to you. Not if it feels right, because that can be subjective and heavily influenced by outside entities who at the end of the day are not living your life. You're living your life, so you need to do what's best for you. Now, here's a CPR method to help you realign with your ancestors or deepen the connection that you already have. C, create an ancestral altar. There are so many ways to do this. <clears throat> I learned from my mother and the maternal elders in my life how to build my ancestral altar. I also use the books Jambalaya by Miss Louisa Teich and of course, Sacred Woman to help finalize it. My personal altar has each element on it, a cup of blessed water for the water element, crystals or fresh flowers for earth, a white candle for fire and incense or a feather for air. They are, there are also pictures of my ancestors on the altar as well, filled with their favorite sweets and drinks I've added trinkets that either belong to them when they were alive or symbolize their essence. Everything on this altar means so much to me. It reminds me of them and inspires me to share their stories daily. Again, this should be personal to you. So what feels good to you? 
and do what feels good to you and know your altar will grow and evolve. Some things to keep in mind, you want to make sure your altar is refreshed as often as possible. I personally use Sunday because that day represents ancestral energy. I also make sure that I wipe and clean everything down, including um, the covering that I have for it. And you can use any type of covering you want. For me, it um, there are these two beautiful woven rugs. So that's a pretty big ancestral altar. Uh, yeah, like you want to make sure that it's covered and that it's cleansed all the time. Also that it's not within your bedroom. You want to keep it maybe in a more family space or a more private space, but your bedroom is really more for your personal altars for yourself, or maybe you want to do like a money altar, things like that, because dealing with energy and ancestral energy is real, right? And we want to create boundaries at the same time. And also, as you're calling on to your ancestors, I like to say my honorable ancestors because I want the ancestors who um, have like the highest intentions, you know, uh, the the deepest integrity to be with me in my journey as well. And for those that I may personally not consider um, honorable or I've heard from like my family that they may not have been the best as they were alive, I send them forgiveness and love and healing as well. Okay. Praise for the P. Praise their journeys. What did they accomplish? Celebrate that, okay? For me, my grandmother, uh, Ida, was a part of the big migration. She alone left Tuskegee, Alabama <laughs> during the craziest of times in this country and came to Harlem in New York City. She's the reason why I was born in New York. I love that about her spirit that she was an expander and I can feel her essence within me as a calling is on my heart to expand out West to California. My great grandmother was also one of the few black people in the South to own her own land without a man in the household as well. She was loved and feared by many and her strength and power courses through my veins, reminding me that I can be self-sufficient and I can stand alone no matter what society says, no matter what's going on around me. I have the power to create my life. That is what I've learned from her because given the time frame in which she was able to have a home and to be without a man and to provide for all the children that she provided for, putting them in the best schools, I, it just, it blows my mind. It's where you're like, whoa. I even think of Madam C.J. Walker and how she was able to become the first black woman millionaire in the early 1900s where we weren't even allowed to freaking read, let alone own businesses and thrive like that. That's my lineage. That's where I come from. There's so much healing and power in that. And it makes me so proud and so grateful to say that I can call on these women, these black people, these bodies and be like, yes. This is what I can tap into. This reminds me that it's been done before in worse conditions. And that energy, that, that power runs through me and I can do whatever I want because I come from such a beautiful history and lineage of incredible, powerful beings. <clears throat> and no matter how big or small, share their journey and their lessons, not only with yourself, but with your loved ones. They've paved the way for you. Express gratitude for that, even on the smallest scale. Okay, you would not be here without them, period. Whether, however you want to slice it up, whether you just want to be like, well, biologically, that's true, but I don't know how I feel about that spiritually. So be it. You still need to give grace. You still need to give gratitude, right? Or maybe you want to go into that spiritual level and be like, wow, I see all that you've done for me. 
honor that. Show them gratitude, okay? Think about you in the future when you become an ancestor. Wouldn't you want your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren, your great-great-grandchildren to be like, she was incredible. He was incredible. I loved them so much for what they did, right? We got to pay it forward. Last but not least, the R, resonate with their energy, share their stories, celebrate their birthdays, and sit with them each morning just to say hi and show love. Doing this will allow you to feel their presence over your life each day. I love to invite my ancestors into my day for guidance and protection. I even call on certain ancestors for different things. When I want to write something powerful and heartfelt, I'll call on Mama Maya Angelou. Or if I want to show more grace and be a little bit more kinder in my deliveries that day, I may ask my grandfather, my papu, to come be with me so I don't pop off at the mouth. This is a great way to stay active with their spirits throughout the days. Also, I want to give something as a resource for you to help you with resonating with their energy. A great movie to watch that I always recommend is Coco by Pixar. This movie brings me and Gary to tears every single time. It reminds us of how crucial it is to remember our loved ones and to share their life with our future generations. So again, the CPR method for connecting to your ancestors is to create an ancestral altar and this can be unique to you. Um, praise their journeys, right? Show gratitude for what they've accomplished and what they went through, right? And give forgiveness and grace for what they weren't able to do. And then of course, resonate with their energy, share their stories, celebrate their birthdays, really honor them for all that they were and all that they continue to be in your life. I lovingly speak on ancestral connection because it reminds me that this life is a part of a bigger experience. That one day my great, 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 great grandchildren will speak on how eccentric, mystical, and wealthy I am and how I was able to break generational curses and fortify generational wealth, health, and peace for them. I even jokingly, but seriously, stated on Instagram how lit I need my offerings to be. I'm talking matcha, I'm talking the finest seafood, four-course meals, baby, the works, because I know I'm going to be good for it. (laughs) I hope today's episode inspires you to take some time out this week to reconnect to the past in a loving way. I cannot tell you again how healing connecting to your ancestors will be. Give it a try. I will put some shout out Philadelphia. I'm just going to just thank you. Thank you, universe. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to put some resources in the show notes to help you connect um, and and figure out how to build your ancestral altar, more information on what it is to have an ancestral altar and to connect to your ancestors. Again, a really fantastic book to do this with is The Sacred Woman Book by Queen of Four. Literally on every page, she's like, remember your ancestors. She gives pictures and descriptions. And even in the back of the book, there's a list of of ancestors, of sacred women who have come before us that I had to take the time out to research because I didn't even know they existed. And I was just blown away by what they were able to provide in their lifetime. So it's so important to do this ancestral work, especially if you find yourself on a creative journey or on a spiritual journey. It will do so much for what you produce in this lifetime. Okay, wolves? I am so grateful to provide you with this episode. This is a very near and dear episode to my heart. I just want to take a moment to shout out my own ancestors, gang, gang, y'all. Y'all lift me up, okay? Y'all lift me up. Y'all keep me focused. You guys have protected me. 
in ways that I am still learning about to this day, okay? I am just forever grateful that they are in my life. And I hope that you can come to that space where gratitude overflows when you think about them. Um, some quick announcements in real time. This is February 15th. I am teaching um, a masterclass workshop on the Highlights platform this Friday, February 19th. Um, details will be in the show notes, but I'll be talking about emotional freedom tapping and thoughts freedom techniques. Okay. I'm very excited about this because it's something that I've been practicing personally for a few years and I've been certified in, and it's a great way to uh, alleviate any anxiety, any feelings of depression, uh, any residual negative energy that you just have not been able to get rid of, right? To help rewire the brain so that you can live a more abundant life. And it's super easy to do. You can do it anywhere. It doesn't require any equipment. It just requires you, some fingers, and intention. So if it's something you're interested in, you can come and be a part of that workshop. Again, description and information is within the show notes. And if you're listening to this after February 19th, I will be teaching classes weekly on the Highlights platform. Um, but I definitely want y'all to come and show out, okay? Let's let's gang gang. Let the wolves come out. The drop-in class is only $10. And I promise you will walk away with a technique that will be healing in your life from that day forward, okay? Um, as always, thank you so much. Continue to share this podcast with your loved ones. We are climbing the charts, baby, and I love to see it. This is the number one wellness podcast for Black bodies. I feel it. I believe it. And so it is. I will see you next week for our final um, episode of the Sisterhood series. I'm so excited. And stay tuned for this week on Friday. Our conscious conversation will be with Fatima Farmer, and we'll be talking about sisterhood and spirituality. It's a very beautiful and healing episode that I know you'll enjoy. So mark it on your calendars. It releases at noon Eastern Standard Time this Friday, the 19th. I can't wait for you to hear it and tell me how much you love it. All right, let me know how you how this episode resonated with you and I'll see you next week. I love you, Wolf. Mwah. Bye.